Hey guys, be sure to check out our sponsors, the ones that help us make this possible. Taylor's Tins, a longtime sponsor, probably the first sponsor of National Fire Radio. Taylor and his crew have become good friends of ours here at National Fire Radio, and they've always been a supporter of what we've been in our mission. And so, Taylor, thank you. And a quick shout-out to them. Established in 2017, Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing helmet fronts made of tin. They could be deconned, stop burning up your leather shields. They're making an incredible product. They are the definition of customer service. One to two day turnaround time for shield orders up to 500 pieces. They have shields in bulk order to large cities and municipalities down to the one-off custom shields that they design on the fly. Go to www.taylorstins.com. Send them a message through the website. They'll get back to you immediately from custom design to out the door is typically less than two days. Customer service is their forte. They are very good at what they do. Helmet fronts? Nope. They got more than that. They got signs. They got locker tags, keychains, signage, awards, banquet gifts. You name it, they can do it. Check them out at taylorstins.com. Taylor, thank you for the support. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks for being a longtime sponsor of National Fire Radio. In the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. Another great sponsor of the National Fire Radio podcast, Fire Department Coffee. Based out of Rockford, Illinois, Fire Department Coffee is a veteran-owned, firefighter-run coffee company dedicated to providing great-tasting, freshly roasted coffee to people everywhere. Along with providing a growing selection of incredible coffee, including signature spirit-infused roasts, Fire Department Coffee also supports our fellow first responders in need through the Fire Department Coffee Foundation by giving back to those who have been injured on the job, mentally or physically, or who are facing other serious health challenges. Fire Department Coffee is a stand-up company. They are friends. Jason Patton and his crew, they do incredible work. They have a, a great product that is doing what we need to be doing, supporting our own. So, Jason and the crew of Fire Department Coffee, thank you for your sponsorship and support of the National Fire Radio platform. We appreciate your friendship, and we love your coffee. Hey everyone, Jeremy National Fire Radio back for another episode on the audio platform. These daily podcasts are kicking ass. And today, talking about kicking ass, I got another rock star with me, Jason Urban out of New London, Connecticut. Previous life, he was a retired boss out of the rescue company in Warwick, Rhode Island. Currently a firefighter in New London, Connecticut. He just can't get enough of it. Uh, and he yeah. does. Yeah, <laughs> You just can't get enough, man. No, my body says otherwise. My yeah. head says one thing, the body says the other. But well, yeah, we're still moving. Come on, man. You're, listen, you're coming back from a training session right now. You're driving in a car for a couple hours, and I was like, you know what? That's the best part about what I'm doing with this podcast right now is I yeah. can capture guys when they're in the car. So, uh, and it makes Perfect. for yeah, and I and I lock them down so they can't they can't get away from me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Captive audience, my man. That's it, brother. Yeah. So listen, outside of the fire service, too, uh, rumor has it you're a guest DJ on Pearl Jam Radio. Is this true? Uh, that was, yes. Last year, yep, I got to do my own uh, pick your five favorite Pearl Jam songs. And, uh, and that, that, was on, that was on what? Satellite, Syria or, or XM? Satellite or? on Pearl Jam Radio. Yeah. yeah. That, how, cool, how cool is that? I know we did that a podcast was- with you a while back from, uh, from Ragtop yeah. Industries. Uh, Pete oh, Callen right, and his yeah. guys, and and uh, you know Amazing. we we sat down yeah. and we had a very 
very um, heavy episode, man. It was uh, you were just an unbelievable uh, gentleman to share your story, and it was a very pivotal story, uh, and and certainly uh, got a lot of feedback from people that were able to listen to that episode and so on. And so I got to know some of your story, and um, you were always one of those okay. guys that just yeah. I mean, it was great to do it. You know, it was very <laughs> cathartic for me. It was a great time. I appreciate the venue and uh, yeah. Peter and you listening and doing that yeah it was uh it was very good it was well received on my end yeah i got a lot of good feedback for sure and and it's not it's not easy to share your story you know um and so i can appreciate that and i appreciate you and and uh you've always just been a a gentleman and you and i text every blue moon you know a quick text or phone call just to say hello um which is perfect and I did learn through that last, you know, through all the heaviness of the last podcast we did together, though, we did we did scratch the surface on Pearl Jam. And I know that you yeah. are Pearl Jam aficionado. And then somebody told me this morning that you were you guest DJed for a bit on Pearl Jam yeah. Radio. So that's I, pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, just came back from the lovely city of Camden in Philly and saw him live. Uh, first time in a couple of years. Since yeah. The tour. So, uh they just yeah, played. They great. just played Madison Square Garden not too long ago, too. They did on nine eleven. Yes. Yeah. Nine yeah. eleven. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of funny. You're looking around the audience. It's almost like a firefighter's retiree <laughs> dinner because there's just nothing but middle aged white men. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Like, Absolutely. You know, it's almost like a fire department retiree dinner. It was. Uh, it was really good. Well, let me tell you. I mean, graduating high school in ninety five. I mean, I grew up on Pearl Jam in high school, and and uh, right. you know ninety one, ninety two, like. You know, I mean, I remember going to the the cassette store, the bootleg store, remember? And all the different shows. It was almost like Grateful Dead bootlegs, but there was Pearl Jam, and it was like all the different consoles, man. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking my language. I was right there with you, Sev. Pretty cool, man. But I I love it. So, listen, let's hop into the fire service, man. We can talk Pearl Jam, too, but I want to hop into the fire service because I know you have just an unwavering passion for the job. Uh, and, and everything that comes with that. We kind of talked a little bit about um, failures, success and yep. failure in the fire service. I know you got yeah. some, some points of view on that. Why don't we open up the conversation with tell me where, where you want to take this conversation. Talk to me. Sure. Well, you know, it's, we, we all celebrate our successes, which is our job. You know, we all come in and say, you know, we great success. It, you know, that evolution went great. That fire went great. You know, we made it to the floor. We knocked the fire down. Good. We had a little talk about it afterwards, you know, but, and, you know, we learn a lot from them. You know, this, you know, guy went into the second floor, went to the ladder, made a search, did a great job. You know, we learned from that, but I like to think at times, you know, we don't embrace our minor failures and the things, the lessons that can be learned, you know, from your minor screw ups and passing them along and being humble enough to admit that, you know, we're, we're not perfect. Well, and, yeah, go ahead. And face those mistakes on a daily basis. You know, hey, you know, I really wish I had taken this street to get to this and come on the backside of the address. Or I really wish I pulled 50 extra feet line. Would have made a difference here. You know, next time, you know, embracing those little mistakes. I think that we're so afraid because, you know, the way the fire service is to just embrace your small mistakes and having people learn from them. Uh, For sure. But part of my struggle with that whole conversation, though, and we kind of I hit on this the other night, too, through in a conversation was that we have to own our mistakes. And now more than ever, though, people are pointing the finger or bringing blame in to blame others 
other than accepting the responsibility of the mistake. Because, frankly, you're not going to learn from the mistake if you don't own it. If, if you don't own it up. I mean, it, it, you know, leadership 101, you know, if you're a boss, you know, and, you know, you can't take the successes of your crew until you're willing to take the failures for your crew and learn off them. So, I mean, I really think that, you know, we can get the accolades like your crew did a good job, but you need to own the fact that maybe you didn't do your best, which happens. But Happen, then happens all the time. Pass on, pass on what that problem was yeah. or what the reason you think it was. Learn from it. Have other people learn from it and then move on. Yeah. Why aren't we, why aren't we accepting blame today? Why, why do... You know, you, you served in a boss capacity now uh, in your yeah. in your second fire career now. You know, you're a fireman, yeah. but I got to think you're more of a senior guy on the line, especially being retired after 21 years yeah. in Warwick and so on. So I, you are you are certainly a senior man, if you will. And I have I, to believe that you're witnessing people deflect responsibility daily. Sure. I mean, in any aspect of it. Right. Parts of the job. And you do. And it's just a matter, like you said, just owning your shit, you know, and. I guess it's what just people are afraid that they're just going to be viewed as a failure and not learn from the simplest of things. You know, I think that we can work together, you know, and overcome this and and get guys on the right path. But at the same time, you have to be willing. I mean, all of the changes, the majority of the changes that have come in the fire service in the past decades have come from mistakes. Yes. And the fact that firefighters are human. You know, and these changes, good or bad, come across because mistakes were made. You know, and some changes have come from highlighting successes. Of course they have, but, you know, they're not often talked about. I mean, we have to embrace those minor everyday hiccups. I think we can be better. I, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Go, go, and go. Gonna, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry no, go. If you're gonna, if, and if you're going to be an instructor to teach, you have to be willing to accept the fact that you're not a subject matter expert and that you're going to be able to learn from your students just as much as they're going to learn from you. Yeah, well, for sure. Like it or not, you're a senior man, you're an instructor, whether you like it or not. That's right. That's right, and and directly or indirectly, and most of the time it's indirectly. I mean, you can affect you can affect individuals directly, and that's when you take an invested interest. But at times, too, as, as a, a person in a position, whether it's a boss, a senior man, or even just a, another guy sitting across from you in the back of the engine, it's how you conduct right. yourself, carry yourself. People are watching. And so indirectly, yeah. you're making an impact, too. And when you don't carry yourself in a way that represents the best of the job or the best of your company or the best for the citizens that we serve, it's detrimental yeah. because indirectly, you're affecting other people's view of you and then of the service and of your company. Exactly. And you know what? It is almost just as much pressure at times if you think about it to being a senior man and being a junior guy at the same time because sure. junior guys getting watched constantly, but so is the senior man. Yes. You know, by those junior people. So, you know, as much as you know, you want to pass on the scrutiny of the junior guy to make sure they perform, at times, you know, whether you like it or not, you're under the watchful eye. And if this guy's not doing this, the whole, you know, and I'm guilty of it, they'll do as I say, not as I do. You know that the senior man does. You know, yeah, for sure. You're under just as much of scrutiny by those junior people as you're putting on to them. No, I get it, and I I think now more than ever too, the position of the senior man it's it's trending younger, right? And on top of that too, it's also looking to be an issue where 
you might not want to devote as much time as, say, others did in the past, right? Because times have changed. Attention span has changed. The, uh, you know, the more focus on individual and not the team. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things at play here. So for the modern senior man today, it's got, I believe it to be more difficult in navig- and, and navigating a space where if you have a shitty boss and they micromanage the hell out of you, any decision you make as a senior right. man gets mute anyway because you're, get, you're getting right. people coming down on you from the top. Right. So, I mean, let's talk about micromanagement. Do which it. I think is one of the biggest FUs in the fire service. You know, it, there comes a, time, a point in time where you can't micromanage your people, where you have to make them think independently for themselves because there will be a time when they are going to get jammed up and the micromanaging boss will not be there. 100%. So now they have to think independently. They have to react. They have to stay calm. They have to do what they're trained to do. But if you micromanage them to the point where they're used to just you being over their shoulder, you're not doing them any good. You're not teaching them anything. Yeah. My, you know, I, like, mm-hmm. like Fast Forward Eric had talked about, about getting knocked down and pick yourself back up. Like That's right. Talking about, you know, skiing. Get up. You know, sometimes you just have to not micromanage them and make them think independently. And I like to think that when you branch out into like tech rescue and you teach these advanced skills and you give this, give, you know, firefighters this extra skill set, it teaches them to work independently. Yeah. You know, if you go over, hey, I need you to go over and trip that or I need you to go build an anchor or I need you to go do that. And they go and they do it independently without being watched because they know it's just part of a system that translates into the flying ground. Hey, I need you to step up to the floor above and give me a look and come back down, you know, or, you know, hey, I need you to swing around to there or go grab a ground ladder by yourself. Once you start that mindset that they can work independently and get a good skill set, they'll be a rock star in the fire. Yeah, we you just have to stop watching them. We need to endorse them, right? And and I think that's what a strong leader does, right? A strong leader empowers their people, endorses their people, and let them work. The problem is, is too often we got too many uh, too many guys that are in a leader a leadership position, a, a position of authority, if you will, if you will, whether it's a company boss or a chief or something like that, where they're not confident in their own skills and abilities. There's a little bit of right. jealousy or a little bit of unknown oh, yeah. that they have. They might not have all the answers, and instead of being able to be humble and open themselves to be up a little vulnerable in, hey, I'm not 100% sure, let me get back to you on that, or I'll figure this out for my, right. you know. Instead of that yeah. conversation, they then turn it around and, and squash where the question's coming from, or they overburden their people with a management oh, yeah. style that squashes any room for individual growth. So you take the high-charging individual that goes out and takes extra classes. You know, I, we see them all the time at Eckerd. We see this, you know, and I'm not calling them kids because they're adults. But you get these people in the fire service with anywhere from two to eight years on the job who are still honing their craft. They're taking the extra classes. So they come to us, we teach them a few things, or they go somewhere else and they learn something. And now they come to, back to work. And they want to share it. And they get shut down. You know, that'll never happen here. You can't Crazy. use it here. That's not the way we do it here. We're not. So how are we growing? You know, we're just stifling people's, you know, not their creativity. I mean, we're basically telling them, no, this won't work here because, you know, I've got 19 years here. I'm your boss. 
this is the way we're going to do it. I don't care how they do it, X or Y place. Is that how it's done? Yeah, let me, Jay, let me ask you this then. Like, but that went on 30 years ago too, no? It did. Of course it did. But think if the game has changed, as you know, 30 years ago, all we had was Firehouse Magazine once a month. Yeah, right. Right. So that's what you had. Yeah. So you read Firehouse Magazine. You picked up a couple of cool tricks. You know, Tom Brennan, you know, taught you something or this guy taught you something. And, you know, you, you learned a little bit. You know, you looked at the cool ads, you know, and uh, you see what other people had for fires and that was it. But now it's changed. And now you have the availability to go anywhere. You know, as we want to be students of the fire service, you know, let's find the right curriculum. Isn't that isn't that exciting, though, that like yeah. today now we can we people can seek out and find what they've been looking for? You know, years and years ago, guy gets assigned to a guy could be a gun ho fireman gets assigned to a shitty company, has no movement within that department, and his love for the fire service, his candle goes dark and falls out of love with it because of one or two yep. shitty bosses. Right. But today, we have the ability today with such outlets for people to find their lane and their avenue to to help bolster and support their love for the fire service or making themselves better. You know, at times it sounds silly, but I've learned more about how to be a better boss when I'm not a boss anymore. Because I made my mistakes when I was a boss. I had my problems, you know, with just learning the job. So sure. basically all on-the-job training. But now I've come to terms with a lot of it and just found out to be a, you know, better senior man versus, a, you know, when you can't be a boss anymore. Yeah. And it's defined in the ability to pass on. I mean, if you don't pass on what we've learned, we've talked about this before. You don't pass on somebody else told me you're not doing anybody any good. And there's no use to just keeping it all to yourself. But I also don't think you're doing yourself any good either. Right? Like, you know, it's one thing to pay it forward. It's one thing to pull that kid aside and 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 talk with him, teach him, show him something, you know, give him a little guidance. Maybe it's how to pay his bills correctly. Maybe it's how to treat his girlfriend right. Like it doesn't just have to be firematic stuff, but it's where you can make an influence, especially you know, uh, uh, over a cup of coffee or a cigar at night or, or right. at the kitchen table or even a, a quick text or phone call, right? It's, it just, it makes yeah. a difference. It makes Correct. a difference. But you know what it takes, Jay? It takes effort, bro. It does. It, it does. It takes a little bit of effort to just to be able to engage yourself a little bit with them, show them a little bit. I mean, but on the flip side, too, you have to be accepting there are just some people that can't be taught. 100%. You know, it's, yes. you know, as much as we want to say that, you know, we want to be, you know, change the fire service and change it all. We, you do hit roadblocks and there are some people, you know, and it's generational, you know, and it's maybe you just not finding the right way to get through to them or just maybe some people, you know, just be better off being a pastry chef than a fireman. I you know? brother, I, we, that's sure. not, that's no, not but, talked about enough, you know, plain I and mean, simple. We need to talk about that more, that this job is not for everyone. It's just not for everyone. Correct. You know, and, you know, it, it isn't. And, you know, and I'm not, you know, I, there are jobs that I wouldn't be good at. Yes. You know? I mean, I could never be the greeter at Walmart. I do not have the people <laughs> skills to stand there all day. It's, 
I would. Strangers. That's I would just not me. Listen, I would if, not do that. if that job paid me what I needed, oh, I would do that you every would, freaking day. Oh my God! You'd be handing people their scooters. You'd I would. Be I, we'd, we'd, you would engage them. <laughs> we would be out of scooters, and and my Instagram would be amazing. The photos oh, that I would get. It, oh my God! It would. Yeah. But that's not me. I mean, I, you know, that I couldn't do it. But you know what's fun about that? I'm glad you brought that up. And the reason why I, I would, I would actually enjoy that for at least a little while. I love picking people up. I love spreading a smile. I had to get some x-rays done earlier today on my foot. Yeah. I'm having some the heel issues on my foot. And so I, I went to the podiatrist. First time ever to a podiatrist, by the way. And oh, yeah. Then, yeah. And, then I, and then I had uh, x-rays taken of my ankle. And they had a trainee. And the woman's like, the x-ray tech was like, do you mind if the train? I'm like, absolutely not. She's got to learn somewhere. And she wasn't. Right. She was fumbling through it. And the other woman was very sweet and, and charming and nice. And we were laughing and talking about it. And she said, you know, she said to me, she goes, I appreciate you being so kind to us. She goes, not everybody is. And I said, and I know that. And I said, and that's why I'm being extra kind right now is because I can understand that at one o'clock on a Friday, you know, this is the last thing you want to be doing, let alone most right. people. And you know what we could do? We can make it a little bit better with just putting a smile out there or at least having a yeah. small talk to make each other feel good about it. And, you know, have we forgotten to with this job? Like the, 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 the job is just like to take care of people. Yes. You know, and Nine times out of ten, it's taking care of people of lesser means than you. Yes. And if that doesn't humble you, you know, I mean, there are people, you know, I work in a very blue-collar city. I do. And we are the primary caregivers for a lot of people in this city. And a lot of them are genuinely grateful for the job that we do for them. You're, their, you're their bright and spot, that's why man. We're there. Right? Their, that's why we're there. You could you be know? their bright spot that day. I mean, they, everything right. could be stacked against them that day, and right. there's, they're having a medical episode or a fire in their home, and you are the right. bright spot. And, you know, granted, there are some less desirable people that we encounter sure, for our career that aren't grateful and just abuse the system, but the majority of them do not. Yeah. And that's what I have found. And it's humbling at times to just go home afterwards. Like they say, it's cliche, you know, you go home to your house and you're grateful for what you have because of what you see, but it's true. Yeah. Jay, Jay, talk to me about we're we're talking about the shortcomings of all this, too. But the other side of the stick is celebrating our successes. Yeah. So as a as a boss, a senior man. Right. So give me give me a little background on like how do we correctly celebrate successes of of giving that wink or that attaboy in a way that promotes your crew, your team, the individual um, and so on, because I think that's an important part of things too is recognizing each other for a, an actual job well done and not well, everybody that, gets a fucking ribbon or everybody gets ass slaps oh, yeah. and high fives. You know, I, I love when everybody's like, Oh, f- what a great job. All the companies operated great. It was a great, f- everybody did great. Yeah. You know, thanks for all the, all right. the uh, companies that responded. You guys did a great job. I'm like, yeah. no, oh, yeah. no, the, I'm sure there was probably 35 things that went wrong from the initial exactly. alarm to the, to right. getting back in service. Why are we why are we grazing over the why are we why are we just avoiding those and, and typically glazing right over those? I, I don't know. And because at the end outcome, when the end outcome is good, everybody thinks just everything went well. Right. And there's nothing to learn from. So I like to break it down with a couple of things that I do it a lot when I teach is I I ask them, 
you know, and I'll ask the guys on the fire ground too, and I ask them to teach you, what do you think went well? I lead with the positive. What do you think went well about this training evolution? What do you think went well in this job? Well, I thought we communicated good. I thought, you know, we made the stretch well. We got water quick. I thought this went great. And I will agree or not, but I'll say, yeah. So the, the positive comes out first. And then I say to them, well, what do you think some teaching points could be here? What do you think we could build off of or learn from? And then it gets them to say, well, you know what? I really think that, you know, I should have had this tool with me instead, or I really think that we could have done this better and do it. So if you lead with what they did well and validate it if it's true or choose not to, which is perfectly fine, and then go right for the stuff that we can build off of, I, it's, I find it better received. I get it. You know, I get it. I, really, it's... I mean, you know, you can highlight what went well. Perfect. Start off with that. But then whether or not it softens the blow or not, the things that we did wrong, maybe. But it also is like if you lead with what went wrong, you're never going to fully accept that you actually had some sort of, you know, victory. Yeah. No, I get it. <clears throat> you know, and I think that. But glazing over, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from now. I mean, is it just it, avoidance? It's easier to avoid it, it? it? It's easier to avoid it. Avoid or conflict avoid, or potential conflict? A potential conflict, but I mean, I guess it's just afraid of just doing wrong and not accepting to learn from it. I mean, yeah. If everybody goes home well at the end of the tour and, you know, no harm will foul, you know, you ding the fire truck, you ding the fire truck, you know? And that's, you know, kind of one of, you know, places that I've worked here. If you hit something with the fire truck, it's no big deal as long as you just come forward and tell someone you hit something with the fire truck. It's life. But when you don't say anything, right, right, right. and now it becomes this big investigation of who did this, right? it just makes it worse. You know, it, it, you're not going to get fired. Well, unless you hit a human, maybe, then you, you know, like, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I guess people are just so afraid that they're just going to do so long that something, you know, criminal and or career ending will happen for a minor mistake. It's just not going to yeah, I wonder. I wonder if, if it's even that severe. I wonder if it's just the matter of when when you people that can't accept fault and blame for anything that they've done wrong or not as well as it could have been done or didn't follow rules yeah. or or SOGs, whatever. I yeah. I wonder how much of that just feeds into their ego. Like I I I didn't make a mistake. Can't make a mistake. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I can't. I'm, I'm a not, I'm a five year amount of years on the job. Then, I'm right? a five yeah. year fireman with 25 years experience, man. Like it couldn't right. have been um, me. Wow, well, we call him the 230 guy. Yeah, the two, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, now this is where we're at. It's yeah. Like five to ten years are our senior people. Yeah, and, and yep. it's not their fault that fire load is down. It's not their fault, but. At the same time, there's plenty of avenues to improving your job just and not just go to structural Do You know, part, Jay, part of what I enjoy about the fire service, just personally for me, is pushing myself to be better. Yeah. And, nope. and, I, and I wonder, because to be able to do that, to be able to take myself now, my going into, I'm on my 27th year in the fire service, going to be 28 years come January. And I, I like to think that every year I get better. And that's through yeah. trial and error. 
That's through, you know, learning from my mistakes. That's through going to more fires, going to more wrecks, running more alarms, driving the engine, driving a truck, like all these things, right, that that pile up over time. It's the longevity of the job. So ultimately, you want the job to make you better. So the day you leave, you're at the best place you've ever been on the job. And so for me, it's, it's a challenge, right, to better myself all the time. I worry a lot of these guys don't give a shit about bettering themselves anymore. And I think when yeah. you throw the towel in on that idea of, well, I just come in, I do what I do, and I go home mentality. Right. And this is career volunteer. I mean, I can spe- speak to you know Anywhere. both lanes, sure. right? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's, yeah. There's square rooters everywhere, no matter what, <laughs> no, no matter what you do. They're there, right? And no yes. matter where you are or what service you work for, they're there. I mean, we all have them, you know, you know. Two in, two out. No, how about two in, 18 out? Yes. You know, we always have those people that, you know, and we have them everywhere. And they're just, it's the complacency. And I guess a lot of times maybe it isn't what they signed up for, you know, and now you're at seven to 10 years, you're vested where you are. You're not going to leave. You can't, you don't feel the need. You didn't beat down. You don't want to improve. So you're just riding and it's not doing anybody good. We got to look in the mirror. You got to look in the mirror in the morning and you got to look in the mirror at night and you got to be able to look at it and believe that what Agreed. you, yeah. I mean, you know, I answered to myself. I mean, I have a family and, and a wife and, and kids that count on me and believe in me and I got to believe in myself. And, and I think we need to have more of those realistic conversations with ourselves in the mirror in the morning and at night to believe that what you're seeing and the person you're portraying during the day is in fact who you are and not just a, uh, you know, a shell or a, a, a scam. I get it. Agreed. Yeah. You know, and look at it, you know, look at the fire service, you know, look at everybody that you work around, whether you're there where, you mm-hmm. know, more than half of them are divorced. Yeah. You know, we've all moved on from failures, right? Why can't we do it at work? We yes. all have moved on <laughs> from something, you know, we've all embraced it on the personal side. Why can't you just pick you? You pick yourself up there, you know, like that's, you know? A, that's a very and, good point. Uh, you know, you can, you can do it on the career side. And, you know, I, uh, I was, I went through a, an assessment uh, a couple of months ago for the training company I work for, and we had an outside assessor come in and, and do something to kind of validate our performance and kind of make sure that we're working to the level that we wanted to do. And right. uh, I had a critical failure. I was going through the assessment, which I practiced and went through it and, and was just about the end of the evolution, and I critically failed. And uh, they had to stop me and say, you're done. You stopped. You failed. And... I had put in so much time and effort and energy to do well on this. And I just made a simple, one of those simple mistakes, Sure, you know, very simple, sure. but just enough. And then I was able to, you know, go home, process it, come back the next day, do it again, pass it. But now when I teach that same evolution moving forward, I have the empathy of what it was like to not pass that thing and understand what that student is doing now and what they're processing and doing it but to just stand there with the clipboard or whatever and just be like nope you didn't do it right you're done you know i'm not there anymore that and uh, so you know, I, and it, yeah I, I appreciate you sharing that because i i can only imagine with a guy with a career like yours who has a love for ropes and special operations yeah and all and of that i mean you you studied studied for it right put a lot of time and effort in plus you're like hey i got a career in this like this is what i do i teach it i train it i i do it at work 
and then you and, and then you fail. Yeah, and then that's just accept it. Okay, I did. It took me a little while to process. It. You, you know, I had yeah, my I was, moment. Yeah. You know, where you're like, why, how, why, what did I do? You know, I should. I'm better than this. You you run all that gamut through your head, but at sure. the end of the day, you're moving past it, and you know, we got to get with the next generation and just try and get them on the right path and find that right curriculum and find that right mentor. And, you know, my dad said it best to me and I've carried this forever. He's like, don't waste a lot of time learning the tricks of the trade, learn the trade, you know, so learn how to be a fireman before you start learning the ways around the core values of the job, you know, learn the trade like any other apprentice would learn their trade. That's what we have to do. Before we learn the tricks, let's just figure out the regular job first. I'm that's cool. what I believe. I'm quiet because I'm writing that down. I think that's going to be the title of this episode. I'm trying to find unique titles right. for every episode. So it's yeah. don't waste I mean, don't waste a lot of time learning the t- tricks of the trade. Learn the trade. Learn the trade. Just learn, learn the just trade. Learn the trade. Learn the trade. And you know, does it does it resonate now a lot now with social media? where you can hop on any social media outlet and within 24 hours, learn six different ways to do something. Yeah. And now you're overloaded with these, you know, things. And does it come back to, are you learning the core basics first and getting a good foundation before you deviate? You know, and I I think sometimes, you know, we get overloaded with info and it leads to you know, conflict of what you were taught or what you think it should be done. And it adds a little extra when you can just learn the basics first, learn the trade. It's a good job. It's a fun job. You know, it's great to learn, you know, the value of the job. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm glad we're going down this road because we kind of wanted to head down this way too. And I, I I think for me also, I really, really like that statement that you made about you know don't waste a lot of time learning the tricks of the trade learn the trade there's we have to teach the theory and simple minded concepts behind what we do before you can get any further you talked about before with me before we went on the air we were just chatting real quick about a couple things we wanted to hit on just topics to get our brains wrapped around them and the one thing you mentioned was being a student of the fire service and picking the right curriculum I, I don't I, I think this is the first time I've had anybody say it to me in that way. Explain to me what you mean by picking the right curriculum. It, you know, whether or not whatever career path you want to take in the fire service, whether, you know, you're EMS based or whether you want to be in a truck company, an engine company or special ops, you know, whatever career path you choose, you have to find the right curriculum, not only what suits for you, but find the right people that are going to mentor you and teach you the the right way. And if you want to continue to be a student of the fire service for years and decades, you have to stay away from the people that aren't going to teach you things. You know, you, you want to avoid, I guess the best way to put it is like, like what Bobby teaches, like what we talk about, like finding your operational reality and working within your operational reality, right? How your department gets its needs, what you do, where you work, So as you become a student of the fire service, your curriculum should be based on your operational needs. And you should be honing your craft, starting for what would benefit you where you are, because that's going to be your personal safety, the safety of your crew, you know, learning the trucks that you use, learning the district that you use. And 
we see it in tech rescue all the time. I and mean, we teach these classes where we teach people how to rescue window washers. You know, I don't work in an area where there's a window washer. Right. I never have. Right. I never will. But why am I spending so many time teaching people how to do that you know, <laughs> when it's not their operational reality? And then, you know, we, we start deviating and, you know, there's like so many ways of moving hose now, you know, this whole like, you know, wrapping like Rex Kwando, you know, they're wrapping legs and judo chopping around lines and they're, they're doing this and we're moving across here and, you know, and then they get into a room of clutter and then they can't do it. And we're trying to teach them, you know, you have to be dynamic and find the right curriculum that works for you. And I, I think that's basically it's your operational reality. Yeah, I, I love that, man. That, that We could break that down so many different ways. But, I mean, that is truly, though, that statement also, finding your own operational reality. I, I, I think yeah. we, we try to emulate others we see a different training style and automatically think that that's the way it's going to work for us or and and you you hit on it before where i you know i go out i see something i train out of that a conference i bring it back and and if my senior man or the company officer shuts me down i kind of swallow it and i'm like well i'll put that in the bank but i'm never gonna be able to use it or you have the other guys that say well show us like what show show us what you got man like hey there might be a better way we're not closed-minded here like if there's a better way to do something Let's do it, but let's understand that this isn't the end-all, save-all. I think we get so wrapped up, and not just younger generation, but everyone, when you see something different or new, it's exciting, and all of a sudden, everything else that we knew goes to the wayside, and we think that this is the the newest, latest, and greatest is going to take away from what we used to do and and be better, and that's not always the case. No. So is it finding a happy balance between the traditions that have already been laid down and entering a new material. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think it's finding that happy balance where, so if you learn the trade and you learn those foundations that were here for decades before, and you keep that as your foundation, adding the right curriculum to that foundation will make you a better firefighter. Yeah. I mean, you break it down nice and simple. The fire goes out when we put water on the fire, we get water on the fire by stretching a line. Now, how you stretch right. that line, I don't care. Right? I don't care. Right. As long as but, it's effective um, and efficient and we get it there quickly and, and everybody's on the same page with how we're operating, right? right? So that's your and, operational reality. Correct. 100%. I mean, it's just how and, and you know, you go to these training classes and you learn things, but how can I bring it back to where I work? Or, you know, we work in an area with a lot of three frames or three family houses, you know, how can I learn how to stretch better based on these classes? Well, maybe I work in an area that just has single family dwellings. You know, let's train on how to get that better because that's where I am. You know, I, I'm not going to go out and take a standpipe class if I don't have any high rise buildings or standpipes in my area. You know? I mean, and I think sometimes we get the the people coming on are so held to that NFPA fire one and fire two mm-hmm. that they don't know any better as they progress because if they're not taught anything after that, not necessarily different than that, but just after that. And I think that that's where we, we fail them at times is that we don't teach them 
after they finish the academy, use that foundation that they got, but build on it rather than pick it apart, I guess, at times. Operational reality. I mean, I I go out the door with three or four on an engine typically. Sometimes it's one or two, right? right? Exactly. So so here's the thing. Our kids go through the fire academy, they come back, and, of course, every fire academy, right? Like we have a county-run system, and those kids go, they get their training, they come back, and us as a department is supposed to then take the basics that they've learned and teach them our operational reality, right? In the words right. of, of you and, and, and the guys from Eckert, you know? So, yeah. so operational reality, right? So we teach them that, right? But here's the thing. We're teaching, basic, we're teaching the basics based upon a non-reality picture, meaning a side-by-side, a two-man search, a you go left, I go uh, right. I mean, all right. this stuff is setting our people up for, I know we have to teach the basics in a way, and I get that, right? Yeah. Teach the theory. Yeah. Explain the theory, explain the process, teach them. But my God, I don't know the last time I t- ever did a, a two man search like that. I mean, it's just, oh, it's, it's not really, it's yeah. not real. It's not, not practical. Right. It, There's right. no way that you're going to be nuts to butts, the two of you stacked 100%. Up there with, hand, with hands on boots searching around off the floor because I don't know. Everywhere I've worked, I've, it, people have things against the walls. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's, there's, there's always, and this, and I never understood why people always drop at a fire along a wall. Yeah, like it's always that one. It, no, they're in the middle of the room. They're Correct. in the bed. They're in the hallway. Right. You know, and that's you know, I went off on an epic rant for like a month when they changed <laughs> this venter, vent, enter, isolate search I yeah mean, we gotta be creative you know go in oh you gotta go in you gotta go in you gotta shut the door then you gotta hop out the ladder and move the ladder over to the next one because god forbid you search a public hallway i mean, <laughs> you know, I mean right I mean, yeah well i, I couldn't always i'm I, sorry to tell you this but people don't always drop next to the window well and hey. how about jay i mean isolate that's oh. that's part of it like wh- right. why do we have to tell somebody to close the door that's just common sense it's just cop right it's honestly it's kind of so i can teach you you know how to go in through the window safely how to do it how to go in how to make that search but at the same time like sometimes you just have to do fireman shit yes like sometimes you just have to do your job and do all those things that you want to do and you just have to do it like sometimes you have to do fireman shit sometimes you have to lift something heavy sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone and let's get them to that point. Let's make it so that they can. Let's get them in their operational reality where they work. You're understaffed. You have one to two people. Let's not micromanage them to the point where you have to watch them. Let's make them te- think independent, build up their confidence, yes. and then they can a rock star. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, any type of management style where they're constantly telling their people to do something, the minute that you expect them to do something on their own, they're not going to be able to do it. Right. And then you're going to hold them right. accountable for that. Exactly. And they're going to turn around. And, yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you, know, you know, just remember that old commercial in the 80s with the, the guy that finds his kids drugs and he goes, I learned it from watching you. <laughs> I learned oh, it from watching you, dad. You know, why did you screw up? Well, I learned it from watching you. That's a hundred percent reality right, right? there. You yes. Oh, yes. I mean, well, we, I mean, so. we need to do a better job across the board. Yeah. We need to do a better job in instilling values and, and, and the reality based 
right? Operational reality into our firefighters. We need to do right. a better job of that from the from the department, the administration, chief of department, through training, down through the company officer, down to the senior man, down right. to the junior guy. We need right. to do more. I think we do. And it's a great job. It's a great career. I mean, it can be a lot of fun. It can be heartbreaking. But at the end of the day, it's great. I like going you know, to it, fires, it's, man. Yeah, I mean, I love going into burning buildings. I will tell you, I absolutely love going. And, and, and you know what I get? Sometimes I get like that, that uh, like golden lab syndrome. You ever heard of like what the golden lab syndrome is? No, what is that? It's so you have like a Labrador dog and you don't exercise them or take them walks for right. like two weeks, right. let's say. So you finally put them in the car. And then you drive to a park and you open the door. What does that lab do? Goes. Takes it, off and goes, man. Yeah. It just goes. You'll see him, see him you know? next week, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, I don't have a fire for a couple of months, a couple of weeks, and I, I just, yeah, you know, and I'm just ready to go. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much, you know, the way that I just like doing it. You know, it's it's funny. I mean, you you hear you hear that all the time. Bankers, you know, bankers don't hang out with bankers, and and garbage oh, men yeah, don't get excited know, when yeah. they turn the corner. Oh, yeah. like, I know, oh, expect garbage. I know all, all I, these rubbish renegades is hysterical. Oh, they are, they are. No, I hundred percent. I've talked. It's freaking. It's gold. It's absolute gold, right? Because it's it's poking it's poking fun at what we do and the expectation. Right. But ultimately, where yeah. I was headed with that conversation is. Most of the guys do this because they love it. They love it, and they love the other people that do it with them. So, and, so you, know, you go to a fire department wedding; it's great. You know, everybody's having a great time. They're all together, they're having fun. But if you're the only fireman at a non-fireman wedding, it's awful. Yeah, you're not having fun. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. awful. You know, <laughs> I listen. My non-fireman friends, when they meet my fireman friends, are like, "How are you friends with these guys?" And I'm like, "What are you talking right. about?" Exactly. I'm like, you know, I like, I do anything for these guys, know. and let me and let me share something with you. When my washing machine breaks and I'm out of town, twenty five guys are going to show up as soon as my wife asks for something. How many of exactly. your but how many of your right. buddies are yeah. going to show up? No, I know that exactly. How many guys and, from IT are going to show up and you know help you out in the day off? No, and I and I it. guess you know if anything comes out of this conversation, Jay, what I hope is somebody listens to this today or you know when we post it, and they come away from this conversation and go. I still love the job like because I think everybody still does, but I think people get tarnished. The the job tarnishes them a little bit. And and instead of taking the high road and finding their way back to falling in love with it or staying in love with it, it's easier to get uh, to turn it off and to walk away. And I hate seeing that happen, man. And I have to believe that in your tenure, you've seen it happen. I see it. You know, you see it now and. You know, have you ever, you know, hear about or see, you know, oh, we got a, you know, there's a, a new, you know, probationary fireman or recruits coming on shift. Oh, we can't put them with that crew. You know, we got to put them here. We can't put them with that crew. You know, so we're not fixing the problem, which is that crew. We're yeah. just avoiding it and kicking the can down the road. Or we just can't corrupt a new person by sending them, but we don't fix that one problem. That we're, we we're accepting that that's okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're doing. Oh, it's perfectly fine for them to be the way that they are, but we just don't want to expose them to anybody new. You know, and that's we're not fixing it. When you know? when and, do people roll over on that conversation? Because like if I say that red flag goes all like the way my my brain is wired and thinks is like when I say something like that, that tells me there's a red flag. 
And yeah. we have bosses and leaders that are like, oh, we're not going to put that new kid on that on that group or that tour. We're not going to – in the volunteer service, right. we're not going to assign them to that company because those guys are a bunch of ass – like, when does the right. red flag go off and say, like, whoa, we got to fix this. This is a problem. Exactly. And it's – so the huge problem is the fix. Yeah. Because the complacency has been there so long. People are so entrenched in their ways. You're going to – it's going to be a battle that you're just probably never going to win. And then punishing them or what they perceive as further punishment, it just makes them dig in deeper. And then you get to the point where you're like, you know, uh, you, do you get to the point, I guess, where you pick your battles? Is that where we come? At times I, like, ah, just, let's just pick our battles, I guess. I, I guess I, so. I, I don't and it, it, if if you tolerate if you tolerate mediocre mediocrity if you tolerate uh you know that rogue company that are just uh you know that you just don't want to surround yourself with and you tolerate right. that and you have a you have a system in place that tolerates that when you decide to finally come down on them it's way too late because you've allowed it it's become the standard it's become that status quo and so then it right. becomes a massive amount of work in commitment to make a change there. And most people don't have that stamina or most people don't want to have that conversation. Right. I mean, I will never apologize for being an aggressive firefighter and wanting to surround myself with people of the same entity. And Nor I should have you no ever problem. I have no problem with those, with people that I've worked with or who are out there who don't want to, you know, work up their potential. I have no problem with, walking by them on the front lawn and going in. I have no problem with that. You know, I, I want to stay an aggressive firefighter. I think it's the, the only way to do the job. I like to surround myself with the same. If someone wants to learn how to be better at what they do, I will help them. But, you know, I guess maybe I'm part of the problem where I just, I'm moving past the point where they're just people that aren't engaged. Yeah, but, you know, that no goes way. back, Jay. That no. I'm, I'm thinking to myself in the same question because a lot of the guys know me. If we go to a, an away game, we go to a mutual aid job, job outside of our town, they know yep. that I'll always get our – they know, my guys know, I will always get us to the scene and we'll always get in and do right. work. Exactly. Because it's – don't call me to stand there. I, I hate that shit. And so right. many people are okay with that. And I'm like, we walked past. Yeah. We had a fire not too long ago where ladder the, the tower ladder is making a knock. We got lines stretched to each side of the building, right? Fire's been darkened yep. down. I got on the I got on the radio on the fire ground. I'm a fireman. I got on the radio. I go, can we shut down the master streams and get back inside, please? Like, and get can, back inside. Can we get – like, can right. we make – can oh. we can we go home today? Like, right. you know, and, and it's yeah. not done in bitterness. It's done in just experience and understanding that it's like, hey, let's make decisions. We need to constantly evaluate, make decisions and move on. And like, you know, and that is so important. It's so important. Yeah. I mean, you look at I mean, and this is like I had this discussion with Sean Egan a couple of months ago. when We were talking about his article that he did on Firehouse about the Maydays. Right. And, you know, I started thinking about it afterwards and I look back at parts of my career or surrounding jurisdictions where I've been before, and you start to think sometimes when you see that engine crew or that truck crew come up that you know that maybe they can't be counted on to go inside and do something, the incident coming is, oh, you guys, you can be the writ company. We'll make yeah. them writ. Yeah. You know, and then, but that's like one of those things about rapid intervention that we don't really talk about is sometimes we put the wrong people in there because we think it's just a place we can put them. Because they can't do anything else. That's a very, that's really a whole other conversation. You know? 
right. Are we really helping ourselves out <laughs> by doing that? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, sometimes I see that. Yeah. It's like, like, so, woof, I mean, you know, <laughs> so what's the answer, brother? What do we do? What do we do about everything we just talked about for the last 50 minutes? What do we do? Uh, so I, I think we, I think you have to be willing to take a step back okay. and accept the fact that you need to continue to learn on this job Yeah, and learn in a way that works for you within your own operational reality and learn if you can come back and engage your people to where you, what I'm telling you or showing you will work on our day to day, then you'll invest them into it. If you try to show them or teach them something that they may never see, or the scope of it is so rare, you lose them, you know, but how can we, you know, change it? You know, can we get them to think more along the lines of their operational reality? We keep saying their day to day. Yeah. And just teach them the trade, you know, just, just teach them the trade. I love that. I love and it. they can deviate whatever path they want, right? Yeah. As long and- as you give them that, you know, good, solid foundation after the academy. They get that in the academy, but now find a good core for them to build off of. And this isn't That's just hand, this isn't just the hands-on training. This is mentality. This is conversation. This is how you conduct your right. business in the street and how you conduct business in the it, firehouse. This is the whole right. package you're talking about. This is everything that goes into it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean... Do you have to throw ground ladders every day? Do you have to stretch every day? Maybe, maybe not. But what about just parking the truck and walking the block? Yes. And looking at the buildings and going, you know, to the rear of the buildings and looking for things you may not already see and look at doors. I mean, I'm a little odd. I look at people's doors constantly when I'm out. <laughs> train. Like I look at their locks. I look at least you're not looking in their like, windows. Hey, no, well, well, yeah, no, but I, you know, hey, hi, you know, yeah, but I mean, that's it's odd, but that's what how am I getting in or I'm not getting in? I gotta find another way, and you just start, but getting out and walking in your area, and just and then you meet some people, you know, you meet the public, see, you know, and it ends up being two hours that you spent, and it ends up, you know, being great. It matters. You know, it matters. You have to every, find a balance, Jeremy. Every, I guess you yeah. can't. You can't always pull out the red friction force door from the rear of the bay, blow the cobwebs off of it, and whack a halligan at it yep. for 15 minutes yep. and say, you know, we're good. You know, you have to sometimes, but man, just getting out there and actually looking at what your doors would look like might help you a little better. Yeah. And I, I firmly believe, like, everything that you said to sum it up a little bit is everything we do matters. Everything. The other, the other thing I just want to tackle on. You still there? Sounded like it dumped out for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So no, no, no. It's okay. Um, the other thing too is that I would challenge people that listen to this that if they str- if they're struggling or having a hard time, you know, remember one thing in your career, whether it's a career or volunteer, you know, in your in your longevity of the fire service, whether it was the first day you walked in or a, 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 something that happened within your career, your years there. Typically, I would say everybody was in love with this job at one time. And I would challenge you if you're listening to this and you're having some struggles, I would say think back to that time that you truly and unconditionally loved that fire service. And and what did you love about it? And try to get in a mindset and mind frame that, you know, that can that can still be you can still get back to that operational reality, if you will, that the job is still great. And you still love it. It's just finding that way to love it and the fine balance that you need today. Yeah, couldn't have said it better, my friend. 
I love Absolutely. you, man. Listen, this has I been too, this Mark, has man. been a fantastic conversation, and I'm so glad that I grabbed you today on the way home from the airport. And yeah. uh, I just I can't thank you enough uh, for just taking some time and chat, thank man. You. I always uh, enjoy anytime. my time with you. You know that anytime. Um, you know if uh, I hope we cross paths again real soon. We will. We get to see you. We will. I actually want to get up your way, so I'm sure. I'm gonna I'll hit you up. I want to get up that way um, soon. And uh, I will certainly hit you up when we do. So, listen, yeah. man, thank you. I appreciate your time today. Stay right where you are. I'm just going to sign out, and then I'll, I'll hop back right to you. So hang on one sec, okay, Jeff? Sounds good, brother. Good. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was Jason Urban, an absolute rock star and a, and a good friend of mine. Um, such a great conversation today on the podcast. So thanks for tuning in. And uh, do me a favor. Subscribe, like, share. Do it all because we need your support, and we're going to keep pumping out episodes like this because i think when we talk about the job we make the job better thanks for tuning in see you at the next one be safe jeremy national fire radio 